Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for love like that. Love like we've just heard about in that song. Love, Lord, that, that, yeah, that, that sent the Lord Jesus to earth. Love that, that uh, caused the Lord Jesus to lay down his life, give his blood, his lifeblood for us. Help us, Lord, to now consider the blood, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you turn in your Bibles, this is our verse here that we're going to be using this morning to Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Romans 5, verse 9, as we will again consider one aspect of the blood of the Lord Jesus this morning, which is in Romans 5, 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We shall be saved from wrath through him, being now justified by his blood. In our series here on the, on the Behold the Blood, we've come to see how the blood of the Lord Jesus has justified us, and the way that the, that the, that the blood of the Lord Jesus justified us was that we learned very early in the Scriptures that when blood is shed, it has a voice. And the voice of the blood of Abel that was killed by Cain, the first murder, the first death for that matter, in the Bible, the voice of, the, of, the, of Abel's blood was rising up to God. And God said that he was hearing the voice of, of Abel's blood. Well, in the same way, at the foot of Mount Calvary, when the blood of the Lord dripped from his body and was on the cross, Onto that ground, God heard a voice also. It was the voice of the blood of the Lord Jesus. That voice of the blood of the Lord Jesus was crying out, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. We know in the scripture that there's another voice, the voice of the accuser of the brethren, as the devil is called. And the accuser of the brethren is saying to God, God, condemn them. God, judge them. And there are these two competing voices. The one voice that we have given body to by our sins is the voice that's calling for our condemnation. But the other voice, the voice of the Lord Jesus, is calling for our forgiveness. 
And the voice of the Lord Jesus, the voice of the blood of the Lord Jesus is louder. It's louder and it overcomes the voice of the accuser of the brethren. Now, this is what justification is all about. And this is what's meant by Romans 5, 9, when it says now, being now justified by his blood, by his blood. Justification is a legal verdict. It's something that comes from God the Father. Once the legal verdict is given, once the gavel comes down, it's not reversible. It's not reversible. We've just been hearing this morning about, and of course all week we've been hearing about the retirement of Chief Justice Kennedy and how the a new Supreme Court justice will be chosen on July 9th. And we're focused on that. We're focused on that. Why? Because that's the biggest court in the land, the Supreme Court. You have a judgment in the federal court down in San Diego in the Schwartz building. You have a judgment in there, and then you have an appeal. You can appeal. You can appeal. It's a normal, uh, if it's a non-patent case, you appeal to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. If it's a patent case, you appeal to the federal circuit, and you go there. Then if you don't like that verdict, you can appeal again. You can appeal again. That goes to the Supreme Court. I'm talking about the federal system. That goes to the Supreme Court. And so we've been focused on that. But once the decision is made in the Supreme Court, there's no remedy. There is no place to go after that. Well, what we have here, when it says in, in, in Romans 5, 9, when it says, being now justified in the Greek, that is a verb tense, which is one time. It's not a continual tense. It's one time. We, it, we do not need to be constantly justified. It happened once, and when God the Father lowered the gavel on that supreme, supreme court and said justified, it was done. It was finished. It was done. That's why it's so important to see in verse 9 when it says justified by his blood not justified by our works, not justified by, 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 uh, by how good we are, which we're not. But anyway, it seems that every time that Scott and I are out there in, in, at the fair, there's always a few that we say, would you like to come in and hear a Bible story? And someone says, I'm good, I'm good. Well, that's not what God says. Now, what, the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus to justify is really seen graphically in Psalm 85. And Psalm 85 is, is such a, a, a powerful illustration there. When it talks about in Psalm 85, 9, Psalm 85, 9, it says, Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Just think about that illustration there. Think about those two persons. Think about Mr. Mercy and Mr. Truth. And they're both looking at each other. And they're looking at each other and they're also looking at our sins. And Mercy, Mr. Mercy is saying, ah, show him a break. Let the poor guy go already. Let him off the hook. Don't judge him for his sins. That's the voice of Mr. Mercy. And Mr. Mr. Truth is looking at, at, at you and looking at me and our sins, and Mr. Truth is saying, no way, no way. He's broken the laws of God. He must be judged for his sins. That's truth. And Mercy and Truth get into this heated uh, um, 
argument and they become so angry with each other, they're just at the point where they're ready to duke it out, but instead they just each turn away from each other in anger and they go to their, their, their two separate corners. They won't even look at each other. And they, and they, and they turn their backs and, 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 and he, they, all he just is, and Mr. Mercy is in there and he turns his back and he's just saying, give him a break. And truth is saying, no, give him judgment. It's what he deserves. And now I want you to picture two more persons, two more persons, Mr. Righteousness and Mr. Peace. And, and again, Mr. Peace, he's looking at us, he's looking at our sins, and, the, and Mr. Peace is saying, poor guy, tormented with his war with God, give him peace, who needs the war anyway? Let's just forget the conflict, let's just be at peace with God. But Mr. Righteousness, he is looking at us and our sins, and again, he's saying, no way, I'm righteousness, and what's right is right. There's no righteousness in him, and what he thinks is righteousness is fake righteousness. And, and it's filthy rags. Bring it on. Bring the full judgment on for his unrighteousness. That's what's right. And again, righteousness and peace are so angry with each other that they go off to their two respective corners and they turn their back and peace. You can hear him saying, just bring peace to his soul. Bring peace between him and God. Forget about it. And righteousness is saying, no, bring righteous judgment on him. He deserves it. And that was it. And that was the great conflict between mercy and truth and righteousness and peace. And they're at odds with each other and they're standing in their corners. Then all of a sudden, there's silence. There's silence. And you can't believe your eyes as Mr. Mercy and Mr. Truth now turn around and they walk toward each other. And you see them there and they're talking and they're laughing with each other and they're, they're reconciled together. And what's even more amazing is you see Mr. Peace and you see Mr. Righteousness. And, and, and they, they, they turn around and they come. They don't shake hands. They hug and kiss each other. And you sit there and you say, that's amazing. How could these sworn enemies of each other kiss each other? And then you see the reason why. That peace, Mr. Peace and Mr. Truth, why they're together, why Mr. Righteousness, why, uh, 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 mercy and, why mercy and truth are together, why peace and righteousness are together. And it all has to do with where they are because that verse started off and it said in Psalm 85 that the salvation is near that, 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 that glory might be in, in our land. Which land is that? That's the land of Israel. Glory may dwell in our land. Where in that land? Where in that tiny little piece a property that's no bigger than the state of New Jersey, where in that land would glory dwell that have brought these opposing parties, mercy and truth, peace and righteousness, back together again? And there, in that land, right there, is a little hill called Calvary. And all four of them, mercy, truth, peace, righteousness, have come together at Calvary and they're all looking at the foot of the cross and they're seeing that blood, that blood that's on the ground. And that's the, and, and it's the, and it's the voice of that blood that has now reconciled them all together. That's the power of the blood. That's the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus to reconcile us. And that's what's meant in Romans 3.24, Romans 3.24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, a covering for our sins, through faith in his blood, through faith in his blood, 
to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he, God, might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. That's how the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ could make God just in keeping with his character and the justifier of him that believes in Jesus. That's how you and I could be saved from God's wrath. That's how, that's how Romans 5, 9, our verse, can be true about us. That's how we shall be saved from wrath through him. That's how the sentence of condemnation could be turned. We could get a reversal of that condemnation, a reversal. Every time you go to make an appeal to a higher court, you have to put in what's called a brief. What is the reason for the reversal? You, you, you stand condemned. You don't just go to the, the, the higher court and say, pretty please, that's not gonna work. But you, but you, you have to come with a, with an argument. We're, we're doing this right now in a particular case, but working on this appeal on, on the brief for months and reviewing it and writing and reviewing it. What is the reason for it? And it's the same with God. What is the reason for reversing this sentence of condemnation? And the reason is very simple. The blood of Jesus. That's it. You open up the brief, it says the blood of Jesus. And that causes the reversal. That causes the reversal from condemnation to justification, from guilty to pardon, from rejected by the law to accepted by grace, from the enemy of God to the friend of God. All happens because of the blood. That's what the blood of the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. It accomplished the great reversal of our state. The blood of the Lord Jesus saved us from the wrath of God. The blood of the Lord Jesus delivered us from the wrath of God. It was hanging over our head, and that's what the word justification brings out when it says that that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. Now, we, 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 our natural tendency is to think, well, we're going to be saved by what we do. We got to do. We got to do. We that's the, that. That's the voice of deception. That's the voice of the devil. But the reality is, we're not saved by what we do. We're saved by what he did. That's why this, uh, this, this, this little booklet is so great when it's called, when the title of the book is called Done. Done. It's been done. The Lord Jesus did it for us already. And that's the great thing of the much more, much more we shall be saved from the wrath. Now, we saw a much more in, in, uh, in Romans 5, 9, much more than being now justified by his blood. But the verse above it also in, in Romans, or below it rather, Romans 5.10, has another much more. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled will be saved by his life. Now, we're reconciled by his death, we're justified by the blood, we're saved by the life of the Lord Jesus, 
and that makes us happy. We are just happy. And that's what it says in Romans 5.11. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. That's our response. It's a, if God showed, like, like the song we just heard, Love Was When, and if God showed such a dramatic love to us when we were enemies, and that at that time, the Lord Jesus died for us when we were enemies, think of what love God's gonna show to us now that we're his friends, his friends. But it all starts, as the verse said, by putting faith in his blood, by putting faith in his blood. To him that worketh not, there, you know, there, there is a, an enemy, there is an enemy to us putting faith in his blood, and that enemy is the concept, as I was saying, of I must do, I must work. I must work, Romans 4.4, 4, Romans 4.4, 4, to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But at him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. His faith is counted for righteousness. There's only one person. There's only one person who can, who can put his, I shouldn't say, there's only one way that a person can put his faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus. And that's when he has stopped. He has stopped working for God. He has stopped trying to work his way into heaven. He has stopped trying to use his works as a, as a means of getting into heaven. As this comes back to me, I remember one time I was in Ethiopia in the lobby there in the Hilton Hotel in Addis. And, and there was, as we were standing around there, there was this, 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 this man who, was dressed like a monk. I guess he was a monk. I don't know. Anyway, he had the the brown robe on and the sash, and then he uh, and uh, and and I went up to him and, and started talking with him. He turns out he was from France and and a French priest, and uh, and he was there. And uh, so I started to explain to him how you know I was Jew and how I was saved by the Lord Jesus Christ by putting in my faith in his putting my faith in 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 the blood of the Lord Jesus and and how wonderful it was, and he just listened to me, and then afterward he says, you know, that's really good, but, <laughs> but, you know, you have to do the sacraments now. That's works. That's works. A person who has a debt to pay works to pay off the debt. He works to earn wages, but a person who, 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 who works to be saved, he sees himself as indebted to God and that God will reward him from his good works. But the only person who is saved, from Romans 4, 5 says, is, the, is him that worketh not, him that worketh not. He's not trusting in his works to make him acceptable to God. And this is where the Jewish people, the, Jew, the religious Jewish people have gone the wrong way. They took the wrong road, and that wrong road was Romans 10.3. The wrong road they took is Romans 10.3. They, being ignorant of God's righteousness, are going about, that's the wrong way, are going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Each person in Orthodox Judaism is simply going about trying to establish their own righteousness. 
That's the wrong way. That's the wrong way. And the way out of that trap, the U-turn, the repentance, the turnaround, is to become a person that worketh not. Worketh not, that is, to establish his own righteousness. But believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. Now, when it says believe on him, that's a special kind of belief. It's not just, a, I believe in God. I believe that Jesus was born. I believe that he died for my sins. No. It says in, in, in James 2.19, James 2.19, thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. Good job. The devils also believe and tremble. Okay, great. You just joined yourself with the devils. Mazel tov. But it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean to believe that the Bible is true. Because the devil believes that the Bible is true. And they try to get others to, to, to believe it's not true, but they know it is true. But when it says believe on him, it's going deeper than the surface. And the key to that is to realize that the word on means into. To believe into him. So you would read this verse just as well as to say, believe into him that justifieth the ungodly. It's the same word that's used in John 3.16, where God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes into him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, what does it mean to believe into? What it means is the picture and the illustration we have of Jacob in Genesis 32 in that eventful night in which his, his, his name was changed from, from Jacob to Israel. But what happened in that night was he struggled and he wrestled with God. And, 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 and his will was broken when his, when his hip was put out of joint. As he sat there and he, he, he clinged, clinged to God and said, I won't let you go unless you bless me. And at that point when he came out and he realized that the man that he saw was God, the Lord Jesus, he said, Peniel, he said, I've seen the face of God. That was the point in his life where he believed into the Lord Jesus. It was that clinging faith in Genesis 32. It was that rock of ages words, rock of ages, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling, naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace, foul I to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. Faith is clinging to the cross, Faith is relying on the blood as my only basis for being accepted by God, not my works, not my works. What a description of what God does in Romans 4, 5 when he says he is the just and the justifier of, 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 of him that believes in Jesus. Romans 4, 5 says he is justifying the ungodly. Justifying the ungodly. The ungodly. What does that mean, the ungodly? Well, that means the dirty, rotten, sinner part of our lives. That's what the ungodly is. What a great term for God. He justifies the ungodly. He justifies the dirty, rotten sinner. That's what he does. That's a description of the gospel. That's great. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Experience a short-term missions trip to Israel, the land and people to whom the Lord Jesus Christ will return. Not only walk where the Lord Jesus walked, but reach who He reached, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Be a part of the encouraging Jewish friends to receive the Lord Jesus. Israel Alive is all about making friendships with lost Israelis that will hopefully be eternal. We hope you'll join us in reaching the nation of Israel one friendship at a time. For more information, visit us at israelalive.org. That's israelalive.org. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 